Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, I think we'll just, you know, I, I feel good about it. I think, you know, Dakota has done a nice job for us when he's gone in there for miles before. And I think that Quincy did a nice job, you know, when he went in there for Dakota, when he had to come out with his uh, shoe, you know, being undone. So, um, you know, I think both players are, are, are more than capable, you know what I'm saying, to, to step in for us. That is Doug Marone. And it just kind of sounds funny that uh, Quincy had to go in for Dakota Allen because of the shoe. Um, the state of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Brent Martineau here at Stream Song Resort. Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Jack studios along with Coos. Uh, an hour to go here on uh, ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Wednesday. Uh, Van Gundy got that job uh, with the Pelicans. We're going to talk about that in a moment. A little bit more NFL. Got a little uh, gambling game for you if you want. Okay. Uh, also, some of the teams in the NFL that should maybe be concerned that are good or have been good and look good but could be trending in a wrong direction. But before we do that, uh, a thought on Doug Marone, what he just said. I feel good about... Can Doug Marone feel good about anything on this football team right now? I mean, what's his confidence level in anything, Austin? Listen, unless the sentence ends with about winning the coin toss, no, I can't come with you, man. Um, It's hard to feel good about this team right now. It it really is. And, And maybe that's just... Listen, you know... There's a lot of that coach speak, right, Brent, where it's like, well, maybe a player needs a little bit of confidence, so let me go in and boost the morale a little bit, something like that. But to wholeheartedly say you feel good about stuff right now, um, I understand trying to find the silver lining in everything right now, but it's hard to find a silver lining, man, through a pitch cloud of darkness, and that's what this team has been the past three, four weeks. Yeah, well, listen, Miles Jack was playing maybe the best football of anybody on the defensive side, and now you've got to replace him, and he's been unhealthy the last couple of weeks, and for now, you've, you've got to go with guys like Dakota Allen. Yeah. And I'm, Listen, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying the drop-off on a bad defense from your best player to Dakota Allen is like, I don't know how you can feel that good about that. And, and I get there's some coach speak. I'm, I'm not really calling Doug out on this. But it just shows you where it's at. It's like, there should be major concern there. Yeah. Like, there's major concern, I would think, at the linebacker spot. And that's a spot that you didn't have concern about. You have $100 million invested. You have Joe Schobert. You have Miles Jack. Miles playing great football. Schobert played pretty good football the other day, it looked like, at least statistically. And, and it looks like you're not going to have one of those guys. I would just add that up to more concern for Doug Marone. Listen, and we talked about this before a little bit, but... Doug Marone right now is in the middle of the sea on a wooden boat, and there's like 30 holes in it. And he's doing his best to try to clog up as many holes as possible. And I think in terms of, you know, the the hole that was left by Miles Jack going out and now maybe Dakota Allen coming in, I don't think that hole is um, as big as some of the other problems on this team. And I think he's kind of relaying that information via saying he likes what he sees out of Dakota Allen. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's probably a little unfair to me. I'm, yeah. I'm picking apart just a couple of word choice, but it just it's it just speaks to I mean even stuff that's not bad on the team right now seems to be going in a different direction. And I'll even take it a step further, Austin. Yeah. I mean, they drafted Quincy Williams in the third round. I like Quincy Williams. He's a cool kid, you know, mm-hmm. nice nice kid. I, I think there's some things there with speed and but and he's hurt last year and he and he misses the second half of the year and he's struggling mightily in the early part because they use him way too early and we all knew that yep. and he knew that and they knew that but Telvin Smith retires abruptly and all that stuff happened and they probably overdrafted him to begin with mm. 
and now you go into this year and he's hurt again. But come on, that's where I want my third-round pick from last year is now healthy to go play instead of Dakota Allen. Listen, yeah, and, and that's the thing about it, and that's what's, I guess, a, a little troubling. Like, It's not like a new coaching staff came in here on defense, and it's like, oh, you know, it's Quincy Williams. Like, listen, the guys that are responsible for Quincy Williams being in that locker room right now are Dave Caldwell, are Todd Wash, are, are Doug Marone. So to sit here and say, you know, like you're not really gonna give the guy a chance, and don't get it, don't get it, don't get it twisted here. And you know how I feel about injuries, right? Like I'm never gonna blame somebody for being hurt because I've been there myself. And sometimes just freak injuries happen, and it is what it is. And yes, sometimes guys get hurt more than others, but I'm never gonna fault somebody for getting hurt. That's just that's part of the game. You live with it, you move on. But now the fact that he is back by all accord, and he he seems healthy, and the fact that you know we're not really talking about him at all. Well, you you guys are the ones that were talking about him. We took him in the third round, and nobody knew where Murray State was, except, you know, for me, obviously. Like, nobody was talking about him then, but you guys want to talk about him. And now the fact that we got Dakota Allen, Miles Jack going out, now it's like, yeah, he's kind of an afterthought. No, man, don't forget what you spent to get Quincy Williams here. So he's not an afterthought. You're, you're pot committed to him because that's a third-round pick. And in my opinion, third-round pick's got to play. It just shows you how much is going wrong for this franchise. And now when it spirals out of control, the domino effect even going back is really interesting to look at. And I think it's easy, right? You know, we talk about this. We talked about this off the air Monday. The easy thing is to say the Jags stink, everybody's fired, the owner's bad, the coach is bad, the GM's bad. Listen, there's been, that's been easy for a long time around here. Like, that's easy. How you fix it? Do they have some things that are better even though it looks so bad right now? Those are the harder things to find. I kind of like searching from that end, but sometimes it just shows up right in your face. Earlier in the show, we were talking about Taven Bryant. People have been all over the Taven Bryant thing for a while. I've been, hey, let's give this guy a little bit of time. I mean, you cancel him out after one season. Sure. Okay, well, then two seasons come along. Hey, maybe played out of position, all this kind of stuff. Well, now he has a good camp. It's like, all right, all right, buy into that. Maybe, hey, maybe I'm right. Maybe this guy, you did need to give a little time. Maybe he's getting acclimated now. I don't even know he's on the field. Well, like, but, I don't even know he's playing football for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Listen, and I was the last guy to get on Taven Bryant after his first year because, once again, the guy was playing out of position. All right? And I don't expect somebody who's played a three technique probably their entire life, especially in college, to come in right away and now play a big end technique. That's, that's not logical. Um, very few can do that, and he wasn't one of them. Right, but then last year when he's playing more of his natural position at three technique, well then you saw glimpses here, there, there, and obviously the coaches saw something. But like now this year, I mean that's the proper evaluation. It's the same reason right now. While I'm not getting all over Chase on for not getting the quarterback and not getting sex because he's playing with his hand in the dirt. Yeah. All right, the, the guy hasn't played with his hand in the dirt before, and now you bring him in from LSU, used to stand up in a three-four defense and say, hey, all right, by the way, go play defensive end, go put your hand in the dirt, and take care of business. It's just, it's not that easy. And I get it. Chase on, athletic, speed, flexibility. Like, he's got all the attributes to be a great defensive end. But he doesn't have the experience, he doesn't have the foresight to have play with his hand in the dirt. So that's going to take some time. So that's why, you know, like, I'm not saying to give him Chase on a pass because you're still a first round pick at the end of the day. But, like, that's why I'm going to be, I guess, slower to the party than some others are, saying, oh, he's this guy, you know, he's a butt. Like, no. Like, I, I'm going to give him time. I'm going to let him get accustomed to the position that he's playing and then evaluate it from there. Yeah, and, and here's the thing for me. It, it, just take this one final thought, at least on this end, and that is, you know, I think Taven Bryan was kind of a pick in a lot of ways. 
what good organizations do. And hear me out. Okay. You knew at some point you were going to run up against the dollars and age of Calais Campbell and Marcel Darius. I don't think you knew on the outside, like, you know, Jan and Josh Allen and that kind of situation. But you knew you'd have to replace the interior. Mm-hmm. You knew you'd have to replace some age and big money contracts, Malik Jackson, all those. So I actually think good organizations, and, and I'm not saying the Jags have luxury picks to, at their disposal, but organizations will look ahead and say, hey, this isn't a pick about today. This isn't a pick about, in this case, 2018. This is a pick for 2019, 20, 21, and going forward. This is when we do lose some of these guys, when these contracts get big, when they age out, when they slow down. And in the same respect, I thought that was the case with Quincy Williams. I think they reached a little bit for Quincy Williams. They had to, in a sense, because of the situation with Telvin Smith. But I still think when they took Quincy Williams, it wasn't about him being a star and playing right away in the fall of 2019. I viewed that, if you remember our conversations, that that was a 2020 play. Sure. That was for next year. That was a look ahead, given the who knows what's going to happen with Telvin Smith at that point. And... What else you might have anyway with Miles Jack and others? And so if you take those two moves alone, I give the organization the benefit of the doubt to say, hey, this is not about today. It's more about tomorrow. Well, tomorrow is here. Yeah. <laughs> and tomorrow, I still don't notice, Taven Bryan. And in this situation where you need a backup, maybe Dakota Allen has just rised above and played so much better, and that's fine. Good for him for earning that spot. But I would expect by now Quincy Williams, if healthy, to be able to fill in that role and live up to that third-round pick that you picked him a year ago. Listen, and I agree with you there. And Quincy Williams is definitely a guy for the future. But one could say, once again, Quincy Williams might have been a luxury pick, right? And then Talvin Smith goes through his whole ordeal, and Quincy Williams' name gets called a lot sooner than expected. I understand that completely. And, and coming from an FCS school, I know firsthand how hard it is to adjust from you know that college level to the pro level. But at the same time, you brought him in for a reason, and you drafted him in the third round for a reason. So if the guy's raw, if, if the guy maybe doesn't, you know, he lacks a little bit of a knowledge. That's fine. That's where coaching comes in. That's where you have to have confidence in the coaches to put him in the position to succeed. And I think that when you saw Quincy Williams out there, and he said it himself, his, his head was in a beehive, he was never ready to go out there from the mental aspect and then obviously leading to the, the physical aspect of it. So once again, I mean, like, if you want to break down Quincy Williams, if you want to break down Taven Bryan, if you want to break down Chase on right now, if you want to break down Josh Allen from last year a little bit, it's that are these guys getting in put, put in positions to succeed or get thrown behind the eight ball? And those guys that I've just named – you know, maybe play a different position in college where they're coming in and they're asking to play a new position, that's throwing somebody behind an eight ball. That's, you know, taking a young guy who is a piece of clay who you still have to mold and say, don't worry, we're going to mold you, but when we do, you got to play a new position. Like, that's not an easy transition to make. So, like, that's where I think the detriment right now of this defense is happening. It's you have way too many guys that aren't accustomed to playing the spots that they're at, and instead of adapting the defense to the strengths and the talents that you have, you stayed in your ways and said, you guys got to learn how to play this way. And right now it's backfiring, and you're seeing it every single Sunday. Yeah, it uh, certainly has. And I, I just, you know, it's easy to go back. But right now going back and not a lot is adding up. 
for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They continue to look worse and worse uh, from the top down based on some of the decisions they've made. Uh, not too many folks on that roster are making them look good right now. And yeah. that's a little bit with bad football. That's when you're in a five-game losing streak. There's not a lot easy to find good stuff. But you'd think we'd be able to find some promising things. And it's a really hard thing to do uh, right now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, shift uh, focus for a moment. The Florida Gators, you heard in the Sports Center update, and you heard probably earlier today, they're shutting down football. Well, they've been shut down, yeah. but they're not opening up till at least Monday, it looks like. Had another positive test today. I think the total is now 26 uh, <laughs> players. Mm. Here's what I'm interested in, Austin. We just saw the Tennessee Titans run through this little thing for 12 days, maybe 13 days. Yep. They come out, and they've won two games since. A very business-like They've played excellent football coming out of it. Heck, I don't know if they're refreshed or whatever. uh, You know, in in the league, we call that fresh legs, by the way. Fresh legs, maybe. They had some fresh legs. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and and they were cheating a little bit. I mean, they were practicing when they weren't supposed to practice and doing things like that. But whatever. Fresh legs. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get digging on the Titans whenever you can. Of course. Please do. Um, But what I'm, I'm a little curious to see how this will impact the Florida Gators. If they don't come back until Monday, and they really weren't allowed to do too much other than individual stuff on your own, well, they play Missouri, maybe, as long as they do come back Monday. They play them on Halloween. Yeah. And then they've got the Georgia Bulldogs in the biggest game of the year uh, to date. And that's in two weeks. This is not the time to kind of fall off, not play good football, be rusty, all yeah. of those things. How concerned should they be in Gainesville about this layoff impacting the product on the field. Yeah, I mean, when you compare it to the Tennessee Titans, you know, and then college football, it, it's night and day. Because at the end of the day, whether the Titans <clears throat> were quote unquote cheating or not, the fact that they're professionals, they know the game in and out. Like they had the advantage there, right? Like in Florida, you're dealing with college kids right now, college problems, all that stuff. And keep in mind, what we're talking about right now with the Florida Gators. They're coming off the loss to A and M, right? Where they should have won that game, they let one slip through their fingers a little bit, and now. They've had some time to dwell on that. Like the LSU game, uh, they got canceled. Like that was their chance to show. You know what? That A and M game. You know, with the with the raucous twelve thousand fans. Like you know, Mullen wants to admit to or whatever made the biggest difference. Whatever the reason may be, they had a chance to make it right against LSU at home in the swamp. Well, that game got canceled. So to me, one of two things are going to happen here. You're going to have a team that's going to come out, and you said Missouri is the next game, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to have a team that's going to come out against the Missouri team like, once again, they should beat, and they're going to be hungry, they're going to be ticked off, and they're probably going to be ready to show the world, kind of like the Tennessee Titans did a little bit. Or you're going to have a team who's discombobulated, who's unorganized, who still can't stop anybody on defense, and is essentially a shell of himself. I like to take the latter, I like to, I like to, uh, not the latter, I like to go with the first choice and say, you know what, I think they're going to come off pissed off a little bit, they're going to come play some football, but when you have a team like that who, you know, faltered on defense to say the least, it begs the question, what Florida Gator team is going to show up against Missouri? Yeah, I think the good news is it's Missouri. That should be the good news there. I mean, I know they beat LSU, but I really don't think LSU is any good. I mean, I know LSU is a defending national champ, but I don't think they're any good. In fact, I, I think the Gators wish they had played LSU this past Saturday, mm-hmm. but I think they would have thumped them. But uh, I, I think Missouri being Missouri will help. What's interesting here is if you project a little more, and I guess this would be more of a doomsday scenario, that if somehow that game gets canceled, whether it's on Missouri's end or this continuation of Florida having an issue with COVID-19. And then your first game back is the Georgia Bulldogs, and you haven't played in three weeks. Now, some could view it as fresh legs. Some could view it as, hey, it's like a bowl game. 
So you could take that turn on it. But I think Gator fans will be super nervous going into that. Mm. And they might be super nervous going in anyway, depending on how they play against Missouri. be interesting to see that game. If they're able to get back on the field, if things go well in Gainesville starting on Monday to get to that Saturday game against Missouri. Because what they've, they've raised the bar so much on offense that you want to see if they can click like that again on offense <laughs> against Missouri. Yeah. What they also have had time to do, and I think what Gator fans most likely are saying to themselves and wondering, and maybe the coaching staff and players are too, well, maybe this was good to get away. And maybe this was good to reevaluate our defense and fix our defense. But you know what hasn't been able to take place very often in Gainesville the last week, week and a half? Tackling, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, or fundamentals, you know, going through some of those things that you would – Maybe spend a little extra time on on the defensive side if you're Todd Grantham because you're not doing them well. They're not able to do that right now. So I think it's really interesting to see how they come out against Missouri. Uh, a bit of a get-well game, potentially, uh, in multiple respects, uh, COVID-19 and coming off the loss of Texas A&M. But uh, it's definitely a curiosity of mine how this layoff will be, and, and we won't know for another 10 days or so. I mean, uh, yeah, another 10 days or so uh, about that. But uh, interesting to see how Florida will play in a critical stretch of the season uh, with Georgia just around the corner. And that game will mean so, so much now for uh, both uh, programs, Georgia and uh, Florida. Hey, real quick thought. We'll get to it more on Friday, uh, of course, when we do our picks. But are you fired up for the Big Ten to start? You better believe it, man. Friday night, tomorrow, Wisconsin, Illinois. Let's go. Well, today's Wednesday, so two. Got a Sorry, Matt, what day it was, real quick, but yeah, uh, Friday. <laughs> I'm All right. excited. Uh, I, I, I apologize earlier. I, I said like you like gambling. I, I didn't mean yeah. to make it sound like you're Come a degenerate. Come on, man. My mom listens to this show. Let's, I, let's be a little respectful here. I know, but I just know you like to, you're not afraid to make a little wager once in a while. I yeah, mean, we got like two bucks a pop, three yeah, bucks we, a pop. Well, that's okay. You yeah, can put yeah. a couple bucks down on yeah, this. A couple bucks. So I got some odds in. Okay. All right. Okay. Um. And maybe you can write it down, or Coos can write it down, and you guys will probably cheat on this anyway. Sure. But uh, we can go back and get the recording. We yeah. can do that. Total regular season wins by the NFC East. <laughs> Over or under 22.5? So you're talking four teams, and they've what? Combined to win five games so far? Yeah. And uh, there's uh, a bunch more games left in the season, of course, 10 for each team. Over 22.5, that equals like four, what's that, six wins per team uh, about? What do you think? I think I'm really bad at math, so I'm the wrong guy to ask this question to. But, man. What's, how, about, how about this? What wins? This yeah, is a better. This, like actually, that. this is part of the question. Yeah. Total wins for the NFC East champion. This will be easier. Six and a half over under. Oh, I, th- I think I think the lucky number is going to be seven, honestly. I think... And I'm taking Philly with that. Really? I, yeah, I'm taking Philly with it. Um, listen, man, like Washington, I think I know who they are. I think I know who, obviously, the New York Giants are, with all due respect to Daniel Jones. And with the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys are, are in a tailspin. I think they're losing that locker room, obviously. Um, I don't think Dalton's the answer. I mean, literally, Philadelphia's the only team that gives me any kind of inkling of hope. So I'm taking Philly. Um, you know, they, they played Pittsburgh pretty close for a while. Uh, go and give me Philly. Yeah, seven. Uh, I take the over there, by the yeah. way, because in Philly, keep in mind, uh, although they're not very good, they still have the best quarterback in the division right now. Sure. Uh, you would think. History tells us that. Mm-hmm. And they also get hot in, like, November and December. Yep. Like, that's their M.O. Peterson rallies those guys. you got to give him credit for that. Uh, so I would say definitely over. 
I mean, you have to be over that. Like, actually, give me. Can I put my house on that? Uh, I mean, you said it, not me. Well, actually, <laughs> Philly's got what? One win? So they have to go uh, six and four w- the rest of the way? I don't want to put my house on that. Forget it. I'm taking a look at the Eagles' schedule no, right that's now. That's not a house bet. I mean, that's not a house bet, and, no. he, and, and he declines it. Okay. No, see, that's why I'm a bad better. I bet on bad. Takes like, it you can't away. bet on people. Teams that are bad. Like, it's just, yeah, why rely on that? It's going to let you down. Well, they, they play the Giants twice, keep in mind. Yeah, I know. Uh, hey, will the Jets go 0 16? Plus 300 for yes, minus 500 for no. Who, who are they going to beat? Yeah, I think they are. Wow, so who, plus who are they beat? Yeah. Put that in a parlay, Coos. Yep. Uh, like will that. the Jets get shut out again this season? Nah, who cares about that one? Let me get to this one. Yep. Will Julio Jones be traded before the deadline? Ooh. Yes, 550, plus 550, no, minus 1,000. What what is the the action on? Well, who's the underdog right now? No, is the uh, underdog? No, is the favorite. Is the favorite? Yeah, I don't think you you, you do a guy like that man who's been a staple for. Well, I mean, I get he's been there for a long time, but he's like the face of that franchise. No, now. Julio. Listen, if you're gonna go uh, try to attract a great coach, Julio Jones is part of the reason that coach is coming. Yeah, to uh, Atlanta. Exactly. Hey, real quick too. So actually. I, uh, I made a fantasy trade to Olivia Tassley, oh, and uh, she had the audacity to say I was crazy, so I need you to fire her real quick. But uh, <laughs> with that being said, though, I want to get your thoughts on this trade, and I want to see what you would do. So I was going to trade her Josh Allen and Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens for Travis Kelsey and C.D. Lamb because she has no quarterback right now. Dude, I would. Olivia's a smart girl. Yeah. You're crazy. I'm crazy. I or she's make crazy. That. You're crazy. How, I'm Josh not giving Allen? up C.D. Lamb and Travis Kelsey for Mark Andrews and Josh Allen. We have no, no. quarterback. No. See, and this is why you're in last place right now. No. You're, you're done here. No. Okay. Whatever. We're gonna get a poll question going on this. Uh, when we come back, actually, <laughs> Josh Allen is the topic and not the Jags guy. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk to you right. about him next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. It's a, it's there's three islands. And it can be very nice and lucrative, by the way. You could be a huge winner, but you could be a huge loser, too. You might not have a boat to get home. Austin Lane. Well, I like that, now. I love that analogy. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Well, I had really not a lot of knowledge of him. I know that uh, just watching on film last year, he had some talent. Uh, but now we're playing him more inside, uh, and it's a tough position to jump into for the first time. He's done a great job. He's getting better and better uh, as far as uh, running routes from in there. I know he can do stuff outside, but we've asked him to move inside. Uh, He's a great target. He's long, uh, got great hands, um, not afraid. He can block. Uh, He's been very impressive so far. Brett's not back on the mic, so I'll bleed it in. Not sure what he's doing. A little distracted. Just put out the question all over Twitter, trying to call, put me on blast right now. I got Olivia Tassley chiming in, saying I'm trying to sabotage her fantasy football. Listen, I don't think it's that big of a, a deal here. I think it's a fair trade for both parties. If you're talking about somebody who needs a quarterback, and I have Josh Allen just riding the pine right now because I have Kyler Murray doing his thing. I got Kyler Murray getting me 25 points per game in fantasy football. So if Josh Allen's not going to do anything for me on the bench, well then I got to trade him away. Coos, can we turn the music off though? Because it's still in my ears right now. Yeah, turn up a little bit. I mean, man. It's good fantasy football music. No, it's not. It's horrible. And it's going to give me a tumor. Okay, anyways. So with that being said, no, seriously, just hit hit, hit the mute button. There we go. Now we're back. Am I muted? No, you're fine. Oh. 
Yeah. Are you hearing my conversation? <laughs> no, not talking only. What are you nice, talking? Nice gentleman from uh, Memphis. Oh, nice. Uh, so I didn't know her back. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine, man. But I was just saying how, you know, that question's out there now, and I don't get the big deal. I don't get the, the blowback from my trade where if you, if you need a quarterback, well, Josh Allen's like the top two, top three quarterbacks right now in fantasy football. I don't see the big deal. And what? You forgot about Mark Andrews? You forgot about how good Mark Andrews is? Come on, Brent. Come on, hey, come on, Olivia. Who's? You're a stud fantasy player this hey, year. Hey, whoa, use that term loosely, please. What uh, would, you, would you make that trade? I think I would. Um, but oh I guess it would gosh. depend on you this. You are so afraid of Austin. No, listen. I mean, you're just you, afraid. If you, okay, if you need a quarterback here, well, here, and you yeah. have receivers, essentially all you're if, doing is you're trading Travis Kelsey away from Mark Andrews. If I'm not getting my fantasy leagues confused, I have Ben Roethlisberger, so sure. I probably don't need a quarterback. Need so him. in that case, I would say no. But yeah. if I did need a quarterback, sure. Well, that's Josh Allen. Enough said. How many, how many are in our league, guys? Uh, 10. 12? 10. 10. 10? 10. 10. So you're telling me you can't go get the 11th best quarterback? Like, you can't go get quarterback number 11 instead of Josh Allen? Like, I need to trade for him? Well, who do we think that is? Because people might have two, you know what I mean? So it might not. It might be the, the 20th best one if everyone yeah, has two you. quarterbacks. Exactly. Some people do. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean... I, uh, listen, here's what I, here's why, and here's what you're doing, and I think it's a smart move on your part. But here's why I also think Olivia is playing this smart. Okay. See, what you're doing is selling high on Josh Allen. Yeah. Because Josh Allen had MVP numbers for the first month. Sure. Well, he's not going to do that for the rest of the year. How like, do you, well, says who? Well, because I think it's going to be hard to match what he did already, number ah, one. Ah, okay. And number two, it looked good the other night. So, oh, hey, 120, 122 yards passing? So, so listen, he had... Brent, the rushing... You see, here's, here's your problem, apparently. Is you don't know how fantasy football works in terms of quarterbacks. If you have a quarterback that can rush, that's going to help you out a lot. The only reason why you're even relevant right now in fantasy football <laughs> is because Lamar Jackson can run with the football. So don't act like it's not a big deal. Uh, Lamar Jackson. He's By the way, for me. The, uh, the options that we have in our league on the be- or, uh, that you could pick up... Well, is she like- just got somebody because she said she was going to get somebody off the waiver. So okay, so Tua. Joe Burrow... Uh, Teddy Bridgewater or Derek Carr are the top three, at least right now. <laughs> we'll talk about some barn burners. Say those, say those names again, Coos. Joe Burrow, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> and Derek Carr. Yeah. And Joe Burrow is, could put up bigger numbers he's, than Josh He's projected wow. tw- almost 20 points this week. So so Olivia's got her hopes and dreams right on Carson Wentz. She got Carson Wentz in the waiver wire. Good luck with that. Th- that guy's one quarterback scramble away from you know hurting something. Josh Allen is was fourteen for twenty seven last week for one hundred and twenty two yards, two touchdowns. Tra- yeah, he tra- ran tra- for forty two yards. Thank you. It, Daniel Jones ran for seventy four. Brent, and, 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 and first of all, who had more fantasy points? Josh Allen. That's that's the answer to that question. Josh Allen's like the number two court of the fantasy quarterback in the league right now. What, why do you got hate on him so much? Listen, I am giving you credit. You're being smart. You're you bought low. You're selling high. That's a good thing to do. Sure. But I'm giving credit to Olivia. She's not falling for it. You're trying to swindle her. Hey. I wouldn't take Josh Allen and give up Travis Kelsey and C.D. Lamb right now. The arrow's up on C.D. Lamb, man, even without fall, that. Then go ahead and fall for that ginger Carson Wentz and see where that gets you. Because at the end of the day, the Buffalo Bills are playing the Jets again. Guess how that game's going to go? Pretty, pretty good. They're playing the Seahawks. We know we know how good the Seahawks defense is. By the way, traveling to Buffalo, good, good luck with that one, Pete Carroll, stopping that. They're playing the Broncos, who, you know, they're shells in themselves, playing the 49 49ers who are banged up a little bit. Like, listen, these games coming up for Josh Allen, these are 
are fantasy making, fantasy championship making games right now, and Olivia's not going to buy it, and that's fine. I'll take my business someplace else. But when she comes crawling back because Carson Wentz is going to do Carson Wentz stuff, I'm not going to give her the satisfaction. I'm going to ask for Travis Kelsey straight up for for a Josh Allen, and that's final. Uh, I think she's being very smart here. Very smart. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch Carson Wentz and Josh Allen's numbers. I'm not sure I would have picked oh. up Wentz. Like, I might have even gone and got Tua. Now, he's not playing this weekend. Yeah. But, like, but Joe Burrow's out there? I might take Joe Burrow. What's I might it? take Tua. I might take Br- – listen, Bridgewater's put up some pretty good numbers. Brent, by the way, I was just kind of comparing just to see. Uh, according to ESPN's fantasy site, Carson Wentz has done better fantasy-wise scoring than Burrow in – Every week except for the week one or right. week two. I thought you were gonna say Josh Allen, which I was getting right through my computer no. screen at you. <laughs> well, they're putting a, they're gonna they're putting more. Well, they're putting a lot on Joe Burrow too, but they get mixed and stuff. I feel like they're putting a lot on Wentz, and Wentz is gonna have to lead them back and play really good football. So it's not a bad buy. Of I think Carson Wentz can play good football. So I, I tell you what, man, you're not gonna dupe. Olivia. No, listen. Hey, Wentz hey. did better than Al in the past two weeks. Ooh, there we go. Wait, one third of the season. one third of the season. Yeah, I mean, we're, hey, hang on now. Well, he had, it was close, right? It I mean, was close in was close. Uh, week five, yeah, yes. Yeah, it was close. I'm not worried about that. Listen, I was, listen, and I feel like, you ever see 300 coups? You know Xerxes, the, the tall dude, the Persian guy, who comes to Leonidas, the guy from, you know, the, the 300 Spartans, and he's like, if you bend the knee, and if you say that I'm the king, I'll, I'll be generous. That's what I'm doing for Libby right now. I'm Listen, don't sleep on Mark Andrews. He's a good tight end. All right, he's like the tight end number two last year, tight end number three. So, like, I feel like I'm a very generous person right now. I'm asking you to bend the knee a little bit and say, hey, Travis Kelsey, we'll see you later. But she doesn't want to bend the knee. So now you can go out there in the war of attrition with Carson Wentz and see where it gets you. I'm not sorry. It's unbelievable. Like, who would you rather have on your team? Carson Wentz, CeeDee Lamb, and Travis Kelsey? Or would you rather have Josh Allen and Mark Andrews? But That's you, the question. But, but you got to see the whole picture. She's got receivers. She's fine there. She needs a quarterback. All right? She just got beat by Stewart last week. I would be getting a little desperate no offense to Stewart, aka dr fantasy as he goes by in our league like i'm not i'm not making fun of Stewart here but i'm just saying you sort of take l's right now okay? i'm not making fun of Stewart, but i'm just saying i'm making fun of Stewart, I'm making fun of Stewart a little bit but listen <laughs> if you're okay right now olivia she's got smith schuster mike evans that fulgum guy or whatever like the guy that's on fire right now whatever his name is yeah she's got him she's got gallup uh, on her bench and that's about it. So, like, she's got receivers. Wait, so you don't need CD Lamb. uh Philly, right? Yeah. Yeah, so then you pair that with Carson Wentz, and then you're doubling yeah, down yeah, on points. Yeah, go, go, go ahead and go ahead and ante up on the Eagles. Almost almost as disrespectful as ante up on the Jets right now, like I'm doing in another league. All right, Whatever. I want to get to this. Uh, Olivia, by the way, you're being very smart, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. I'm on the PA. Josh Allen can just sit there and rock for as far as I'm concerned because I'm winning games. So either you want him or you don't. doesn't really matter to me. Brent Bartno here at Streamsong Resort. Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Jack Studios. And nothing gets him more fired up than talking fantasy football, apparently. You better believe it. Uh, or if you rip on Kyler Murray. Uh, <laughs> who, I feel like right now, speaking of Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, I'm wondering if they're starting to turn a little bit. Uh, they lost to the Titans. Uh, listen, they've lost two good teams. Lost sure. the Titans and the Chiefs. I, I get sure. it. I get it. But but they lost the Titans pretty handily, I remember, on that Tuesday night. Yeah. The They lost... Pretty handily at the end of the day to Kansas City. That was a two-score game for a lot of the final, like, 20 minutes. 
Are, are the Bills, listen, when you're the Bills and you think you're a leader in the AFC East, which they are, and, and you think you're good enough to compete, you know, for the big time, well, those are your measuring sticks, and they haven't really measured up against those two teams. My point in this is, are they a little bit overrated right now, and what other teams might be a bit overrated in this uh, have and have nots NFL season? Listen, I mean, yeah, because let's be honest here, that Titans game and really that Chiefs game as well, they weren't really that competitive. Now, it was sloppy weather in Buffalo a little bit, so that game was a little closer than expected, I think, because the Chiefs were kind of firing on all cylinders. But, um, you know, when they play the tough competition, no, they haven't succeeded, okay? Um, and one could say maybe the Rams are tough, but how good are the Rams really? And they almost lost them. Remind, remind you, they're up like by 21. Rams come back. They, they have a nice tune-up game with the Jets coming up uh, this weekend, so one could hope that they get back on track, especially for fantasy purposes and Josh Allen, to prove a point. But with that being said, they, they haven't pushed me over the threshold yet to say that they're the real deal. I don't want to say they're overrated per se. They're still my favorite to win um, that AFC East, but I am a little skeptical um, about just how far they can go. Yeah, I, I am too. Uh, and I don't know if the door's open for anybody else in the AFC East. So I think they've got a pretty clean path to get there and, and win that uh, AFC, unless Tua just does something and really sparks him. Yeah. I don't see it happening. You know how I feel about the Patriots. I think the Patriots are just okay, and I don't really think they're going to challenge them. I think they're really deficient offensively unless Cam plays outstanding football, and they need that every week. Are the Steelers overrated at all? No, I think, I mean, honestly, I think the Steelers will be a little underrated, to tell you the truth. Um, listen, they're, they're going to done a couple ways. Like, obviously, they're known for their defense. Their defense, along with every single defense in the NFL, seems like it's been a little lackluster at times during the season so far. But you talk about Big Ben right now. You talk about Smith-Schuster being an afterthought, the emergence of Claypool. Uh, James Conner's doing all right. Obviously, that run game is pretty solid. Um, they have a lot of weapons at their disposal, especially on offense, and that's what you need right now uh, to win in the NFL. So I think the, the the Steelers are the real deal. Are the Browns or the Colts overrated? I think – see, the the Browns are so hit or miss, Brent. Right? I mean, they've they, been blown out in the yes. two losses. Yeah, to, to me, the, the Browns are only going to be as good as Baker Mayfield allows them to be. And with that being said right now, from what I saw last game, I think the Browns are still a little bit overrated. Because keep in mind, they have a talented roster. They have weapon after weapon after weapon. But they're not putting up points every single week consistently. So I think they're a little overrated. And who was the other team you said? Oh, the, the Colts. I think Phillip Rivers is a little overrated. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Colts, uh... Browns, by the way, I told you they were going to be inconsistent, man. I just thought they yeah, would. Just, it. But... They still might be good enough, but they're inconsistent, and they lost Chubb, so they could be overrated. I'm going to put the Raiders in this category. Nobody from the NFC East. Chicago? <laughs> I mean, I don't... <laughs> I mean, Nick Foles is winning, but if you really look at it, Nick yeah. Foles is, it's not like he's playing well. No, I, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, sure, they're, they're probably a little overrated. Yeah, they got to be. Uh, how about the Rams or the Cardinals at 4-2? and two? Get off your love affair with Kyle Murray for a second. You know what? Um... I think Cardinals should probably be undefeated right now, obviously, with Kyle Murray at the helm. Um, expect big things back in the second half of the season. I think I think the Cardinals are right on track right now to make a run with Kyle Murray. And the Rams, I'm, I'm buying the Rams. I, I, I like what Sean McVay has done this year in terms of offense. He's running the ball a lot more, that 12 personnel. Mwah, chef's kiss. So with that being said, I'm buying the Rams. All right. Uh, interesting look at the NFL. Uh, one more look from Streamsong Resort. Here in Bowling Green, Florida. One more segment here on a Wednesday. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 when we come back.
you know, it's one of those things, you know, it's easy to get frustrated. Uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to find the bright side of things, but that's, that's what we have to do. And I think that's what we are doing right now. You know, I think we have everybody trying to pull together, trying to find solutions, had some great conversations already this week and, you know, just trying to find and getting back to that excitement that we were uh, playing with earlier in the year. Yeah, I started out this show today acknowledging that I, I like their upfront nature and especially Gardner Minshew of acknowledging that they stink right now and things are bad. You know, and I understand people know, but sometimes over the years we've covered Jaguars teams where it's like, oh yeah, don't worry, we're fixing it. It's better than you think it is, that kind of mentality. And it's not. Like, it's bad right now. And I think they think it's bad right now. And they know it's bad right now. And so I appreciate the fact that Mitchell's trying to dig out of it. And even when he said, hey, we're going to get back to that fun football. And they were having fun playing football on offense, especially the first couple of weeks. It hasn't been fun uh, the last month. And really the last two games on offense have been very frustrating to watch and probably frustrating for them. Because I do believe they're better than a 14 and 16 point out, uh, output uh, on the offensive side of things. Well, I think, listen, I mean, to me, if you're not scoring 21 points against anybody in this league right now, yeah. um, you're, you're struggling. So I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. and I, I would even maybe bump it up a notch. It feels like 24. And this team, I believe, against most teams, are capable of 30. And, yeah. and what's really more frustrating, Austin, is the fact that they've played the last three weeks against defenses that aren't good. And, and that's exactly the point, right? We've seen this team put up points against the likes of the Colts and the Titans, but then when you play that lower competition, you kind of fail a little bit. And once again, is that, that's a result of maybe, you know, Gruden getting his own head a little bit too much. If that's a result of not being prepared, whatever the reason may be. Like, it's one thing when a couple of years ago when the offense was stagnant where you looked at the, on paper, it's like, ugh, well, what do we really have, right? Especially the guy at quarterback, um, you know, how confident are you in him driving this offense? Well, we've seen Garner Minshew do it now, right? So we know he's capable of it. And we've seen these weapons. We've seen DJ Chark. We've seen what Chenault can do. We've mm-hmm. seen James Robinson. So you should be optimistic about this offense. Like, to me, it's one thing where, you know, like, I'd rather be disappointed more of just saying, ah, you know, you know, that may be on offense. It is what it is. But when you actually show us what you're capable of and then you don't deliver, like, that's even worse, I feel like. Yeah, if you have a week like that, it's one thing. Now it's we're going on a couple, three weeks of missed opportunities on the offensive yeah. side. they got to hit 30 points again soon. Yeah. I, I mean, to make me feel good. At least upper 20s to make me feel good. And by the way, LaVisca Chanel bingo card is going to be put in a file. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm bringing that it's thing gonna out. Be, it's going to be Visca tic-tac-toe pretty soon here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it could be. Brett yeah. Martineau here at Streamsong Resort. Uh, we did yesterday's show from here. We're going to do it again. We're obviously doing it today. Uh, and then uh, head back uh, t- tomorrow morning. Uh, awesome. Likely we'll do most of the show tomorrow. We'll be driving back. We have Jaguars All Access at night. Uh, then everybody back in the studios on uh, Friday for our picks and getting ready for a big football weekend once again, including our high school football show, the Blitz Scoreboard Show, at 9 o'clock that we've been doing. Our Athlete of the Week poll is up on ESPN690.com. Uh, Check it out and go vote for our nominees this week. Uh, our Athlete of the Week poll brought to you by Honda of the Avenues. We've really had a lot of fun with it, so uh, check it out. Fernandina Beach, Orange Park, and Lee High School represented this week with their terrific athletes. ESPN690.com is the place to go for that. Hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick talked today yeah. to the media, and he said he was heartbroken by the decision to start Tua. I'm telling you, I had the wrong read on this yesterday. I, I thought this was like a plan. I thought Fitzpatrick knew all about it. I thought Fitzpatrick would, obviously you're disappointed you're not playing. I get that. I'm not saying he should be satisfied and, yeah, I can't wait to be on the sidelines holding the clipboard again, especially since he was playing good football. But 
I'm a little surprised that he was almost blindsided by this. He felt like this was his team, and now I really question the move because I wonder if it forms some sort of divisiveness in the Miami locker room, and they've won three in a row. Yeah, you know, it's once again, it's just it's such a weird situation because. And listen, I don't I mean, I, props to Ryan Fitzpatrick for saying how he felt, right? Like, too many times you'd have a quarterback really not saying, oh, yeah, you know, it, it's too bad what it is. But, you know, like, no, like, I mean, he's being truthful. Because you know why he's being truthful? Because it means something to him. Like, the, the, the guy was doing great. You talk about a guy who had, you know, uh, 350 yards pass against the 49ers and three touchdowns, and then a guy who obviously beat the, the Jets as well. Um, it is kind of eerie. I just. To me, it's a little bit of a red flag, the fact that it seemed like he didn't realize that. And when you had that lack of communication in that locker room, that can, that can trickle down from co- from coach to quarterback, from quarterback to players, and then from players to other players. So uh, hopefully like nothing major comes of this where you lose that locker room. But I'm sure players are right now thinking, like, hey, what the heck's going on? Yeah, you always preach about communication. This yeah. is an interesting one here because, again, I had a bad read on this. I thought Fitzpatrick was somewhat okay, I'll put in quotes, mm. with this move, and he understood it. It doesn't seem like it. Now, he understands he's got a young quarterback, but you're playing really good. You won three games in a row. Ouch, this one could sting down in South Florida. We'll see how it works out. Uh, one quick thought. we got to go in a minute. But uh, Antonio Brown. Should a team t- assign him? It looks like Seattle might be interested after he gets off the suspension list. I think he's eligible after week eight. Listen, I mean, you know how I feel about it. In the NFL, does the talent outweigh the distractions? And even though we haven't seen Antonio Brown a lot in the NFL the past couple of years, what we saw with even him in New England for like two games, it seemed like, the talent is still there. So I think a team that's on the cusp of going to the Super Bowl, like the Seahawks, why not? Yeah, as long as the uh, skin has come back on the bottom of his feet and healed. <laughs> yeah, stay, stay, stay out of those. Uh, well, uh, stay out of those. Uh, Ryan, yeah, you Ryan, think you're Ryan therapy places. Yeah, there <laughs> it is. Good call, Brett. <laughs> All right, hey man, it's a lot of fun today. Uh, last couple of shows from Streamsong Resort. Check them out, streamsongresort.com. Uh, it's such a cool place. If you like golf, if you like fishing, if you like just hanging out at a resort, this is such a cool place, a neat place. If you haven't been in, in kind of the middle of nowhere, Florida, and when you get here, you never want to leave. And the golf is un. Unbelievable for all my golfing friends out there. They actually have a really cool special going on right now. Stay and play. You get a Scotty Cameron uh, putter. You got to use it though before the end of November. So check it out. Streamsongresort.com. Uh, we thank uh, uh, Tyler Ramsdale for stopping by and also uh, Rusty Mercer as well from Streamsong Resort uh, today. All right, man. We'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, the wall that says it all perhaps tomorrow. Absolutely, man. For sure. All right. Uh, for Austin Lane, Stuart Weber here, Kuz back there. I'm Brent Martineau. Uh, we'll, of course, see you on TV as well, CBS 47 and Fox 30. And back at it tomorrow at 3 o'clock on ESPN 690. Live, local, loud, coming up next, followed by Game 2 of the World Series between the Dodgers and the Rays on ESPN 690.